dun, 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 dun. It's a good time to show time. The two ain't stands for friends of mine. Bum, 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 bada, bada, bada. It's time to show time. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome in to the Blind Squirrels Fantasy Podcast 2021 season hosted by Showtime Productions. This is your host, current Sacco, Ty Langston, and my co-host from Rogers, Arkansas, that was so gay. <laughs> and my co-host is uh, sadly a reigning three-time champion of the league, Trayton Benz Langston. Trey, welcome in. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, we are coming to you live on Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. Just a mere four days removed from the Christmas that always comes a little early in the summer, the fantasy football redraft draft. Uh, Trey, what were your, what were your uh, thoughts about draft day this year? Yeah, it was a fun time. Um, Josh where'd where'd, where'd time. we go? Josh showed <laughs> up on time. Max was there the whole time. Um, <laughs> it was great. We were inside in air conditioning. Great time. Um, um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, we went to walk-ons and Rogers, um, got some really good bar food. Uh, it was, it was fun. It was, it was a fun time. I was very disappointed that I couldn't make it. I, I even thought about up to the last minute trying to find some way to like take out a loan and pay for a plane ticket. But I just figured at the end of the day, I can draft remotely one year. Um, we'll get into it a little bit later, how that might have screwed me over but um yeah well yeah. we were talking we were talking because you know now, now that like next year and moving on we would expect more of us to have like maybe more income and yeah uh, we'll all be more spread out so we want to we want the draft to be an opportunity for us to like get together at least like at least that one time a year and we can start using that as like an excuse to maybe do more of a destination draft so hopefully we can make that happen starting next year uh, just so we can have everyone in there in person if possible no I think that would be a lot of fun and just like a good way for us to all like see each other in person because eventually the wedding the blind squirrels weddings will run out so we're going to need an excuse to see each other um all right so unfortunately unfortunately uh canon is not getting married late enough (laughs) in the summer next year to do a a destination Kansas City draft but we can at least have our annual wedding pre-draft meeting if we thought we drafted a little early this year next year that would not be ideal um but before we turn the page to the 21 21 season i wanted to do a very quick recap of what happened last year we're coming off of a very strange covid fantasy season a lot of unpredictable things happened uh trey you did take home the title congratulations on your third championship thank you uh, we had Will uh, that you beat in the championship game come in second place. So congratulations to Will on his silver medal. And hanging on to the podium for dear life, we had Josh, who traded for a powerhouse squad and somehow managed to soil it, as always. Um, so that was last year, but no one gives a crap about last year because it's 2021, baby. We're moving into this season. All right, let's get to Wait, the draft. Um 
before we talk about the draft, do you want to kind of go over what, what we're looking to do on the podcast this season? Yeah. So obviously if you guys have listened in the past, it's usually been a little bit bigger of a crew, uh, with us all being remote and with Luke spending a little more time on his waste of time podcast. And apparently he has like a real job or something now. I, I, don't, I don't know about all that, but, uh, yeah, me and Trey decided we're going to kind of take it over this year, shorten the episodes so they're more listenable. We're not going to do those five-minute reviews, five-minute previews anymore. It's going to be, hopefully, we're aiming for 30 minutes or less, lots of quick content, showtime lengths coming to you every week. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on segments, we will bring on some guests from uh, time to time, maybe, maybe Andrew Moore on for a betting segment. Um We'll figure it out as we go, but uh, should be episode should be coming to you guys live every Wednesday night. So we will be doing waiver reviews and full previews with the Thursday night game. So excited about that. Excited about the season. Can't wait to get this thing kicked off. <laughs> but um, anyway, this is our draft recap. Uh, the draft was an interesting one. Uh, we noticed some trends. Um, I wrote a few things down. You know, we saw that crazy run on running back last year. weren't sure if it was gonna, we were going to see it continue this year, but oh, did we ever. Uh, we had eight, eight running backs come off the board to start the draft. That was Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Zeke, Kamara, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, first eight picks of this year's draft. Um, so eight first picks and then 14, I think I have this right, 14 out of the first 17 picks were running backs. So. You had to get them early while they were hot or you were going to miss out on running backs. What did you think about the run on running backs, Trey? Yeah, well, after it happened last year, I was more prepared for it this year, but there were still a lot of guys that went that I necessarily wasn't expecting. I think me and Luke kind of both realized this, picking in the back half of the second round. I think in a lot of our mocks, we were hoping at least one or two of our favorite running backs would fall to us, but it just yeah. didn't happen because uh, – the, the people in our league are smart and they understand that the value at receiver in those middle rounds is really where it's at. So they're grabbing those running backs early. Yeah. Especially in half PPR. I think any tiebreaker can easily be thrown to the running back. And then like you said, receivers so deep, so you just load up later in the rounds. Um, did anyone do anything that you thought was crazy to start off their team? Yeah. I mean, before Will made that trade with Luke, obviously he started receiver, receiver, receiver. Now, I don't know if he only took Lamb because he knew he was trading with Luke. Um, but anyway, starting receiver, receiver is a risky strategy because uh, you weren't at the draft, but Will was very <laughs> free, physically tilting as he saw all the <laughs> running backs go off the board. <laughs> and yeah. when he got to his third round pick, he had a great combo with Adams and Diggs, but he was staring uh, DeAndre <laughs> Swift as his RB1 right <laughs> in his face. Um, yeah. So it's hard, it's, hard, I, it's hard to argue with Adams as a first round pick and even Diggs the second round pick. It's just knowing what it's going to do to you at the running back position is tough. Yeah. But I think he recovered well with that trade. So, yeah, we uh, we saw tight ends and quarterbacks fall as per usual in blind squirrels fantasy drafts. Kelsey fell to the middle of the second round. Uh, we saw Kittle and Waller last all the way until the fourth round. And then uh, more tight ends flew off the board after that. 
Um, Max took his classic Eric Ebron pick. Will waited all the way until round, it looks like 12, and took Adam Troutman. So definitely some interesting uh, tight end strategies this year. Yeah, I I was curious about that because our league has devalued tight end in the past and just with how important it is to have one of those top three, I wasn't sure if we would see uh, Kelsey maybe go closer to the one, two turn or Kittle and Waller go up into the third round. But uh, as per usual, they got pushed down. So uh, definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then let's talk a little bit about the in draft trading madness as i'm going to refer to it as um we don't need to get i don't really want to get super far into the controversy uh that we discussed in the group text today but i just want to hear your thoughts on how you think the in-draft trading went did it disrupt the flow of the draft do you think it needs to be uh more strictly regulated in the future and if so how do you think that should be done yeah so i definitely have some thoughts on this First of all, I love in-draft trading. I think it's something that's unique about our league. If you go to any other just random people's draft that they might just schedule online or even some people who have an offline draft, I don't know that a lot of leagues allow in-draft trading. And I think that's something that's really cool because it adds to me, it adds a lot of strategy and how you play the board, how you play certain runs on positions. I like that it gives us that flexibility to move up for guys we like, move down if we want to just uh, get value. So I do really like it. But of course, it comes with um, some flaws, like as we saw in this draft, it can definitely make the first few rounds go really choppy. Um, some single turns or picks can take five to 10 minutes. And so I definitely think that maybe at the pre-draft meeting next year, we need to discuss some kind of regulation on uh, a set time where you either have to make your pick or trade out. Um, And I think a a good rule of thumb would be maybe for the first three or four rounds, we can make it uh, three minutes or four minutes, um, maybe less than that, uh, two to three minutes. And then after that, we can maybe turn it to a minute or less. Um, Cause I do like the strategy that it adds, but I agree with you, especially for you guys who were remote. I'm sure it just kind of made the draft uh, more tedious than fun. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to speak for Max and Jerry, but there were definitely times where I was just sitting there kind of like, I had no idea what was happening. I don't know if I, I didn't know if I had lost connection because I hadn't heard any like news or picks be made in what seemed like over five minutes. So you know, I, I agree with you. After round four, it definitely got going a little more smoothly. And I think, I mean, overall, the draft's obviously fun. And we're not going to worry too much about keeping the whole draft, like, under two hours. Because, like, it's, it's fun. So, like, if it lasts three hours, it lasts three hours. But it's just, like, the flow of it is the bigger thing for me. Um, all right. So, I think, you know, we've kind of gone over the draft uh, as a whole enough. I think we should move on to – talking about some of our favorite and least favorite picks from this year's draft. Uh, You and me have both compiled a list of our best and worst picks, and we're both going to select three from each. Um, I will go first. Uh, Okay, so my first best pick of the draft, congratulations, Cannon Kern. Um, I thought you got excellent value with Damian Harris in round eight. So. Damien Harris Cannon took him as his third running back off the board. The ADP was about what it is on fantasy pros. 
Um, this has not been updated since the Sony Michelle trade. And I really don't take the Sony Michelle trade into too much account here. I thought it was a great value when you picked him. Um, you picked him after Trey Sermon, after Ronald Jones, after Chase Edmonds. I think Damien Harris has a more uh, he has he has more volume guaranteed to him than any of those three guys. And um, I don't know. He just looked like a good runner last year. He's a second year player. Should score touchdowns. It's just a, the only questions about him are going to be the offense as a whole and Cam Newton bolstering him and what happens if it turns over to Mac Jones. So I think for your third running back, especially when you had Miles Sanders, a little bit iffy RB2, I thought that was great value. And I think Damian Harris may end up starting more weeks than not for Cam's team this season. Yeah, I agree. I had that one on my list as well. Um, <laughs> nice. And I will go. I will go back to the cannon well with my first Ooh. best pick, because I thought maybe the best value of the entire draft was Cooper Cup. Um, cannon got Cooper Cup at the end, or it might have been the first pick of the sixth round. And I know that uh, listening to the Waste of Time podcast. I think uh, Cole had Cooper Cup, or I think Will had Cooper Cup as a my guy. I had him as a my guy. I think with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup has a chance to explode this year. And uh, Cannon got him in the sixth round. Like, I think that is just insane value. He yeah. went after all of those guys in the fifth round, like Mike Evans and DJ Moore. Um, I think he deserves to go above that big group. I think he was, to me, he was more like a back end of the fourth round pick. And Cannon got him in the sixth, so I like that a lot. Yeah. And if you want to see just how good a value it was, I mean, he went two rounds after his teammate, Robert Woods, but a lot of people see them pretty similarly. So that's I agree with you on the Cooper Cup value. I'm not sure if he's going to score the touchdowns that he has in the past, but in the sixth round, it doesn't matter. Um, okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to stay in the sixth round for my second best pick of the draft. And I'm going to give you a little shout out here on the pod because uh, Kyler Murray at the end of the sixth is actually insane. If you look at ADP. Um, so his ADP is the 37th pick off the board. And I know that quarterback is a little skewed in ADP uh, with some leagues, but still 37 ADP and you took him at, uh, I'm looking at the draft board. It looks like 57. So you, according to ADP, stole him by 20 spots and not to mention he went after Dak after Lamar after Josh Allen after Mahomes you basically took the last of that elite tier of running quarterbacks and you got him at the end of the sixth when you already had two running backs two receivers a tight end pretty much a full fully built team and you took Kyler Murray who has uh, more upside than pretty much anyone in the draft outside of Mahomes so that was a good pick thank you um <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go I'll actually stay in the sixth round um Ooh. so a lot of great a lot of great picks going off in the sixth round I'm gonna give Andrew some props uh I think at the back end of the sixth uh he ended up grabbing TJ Hawkinson um and I'm a I'm a really big Hawkinson fan this year uh I think he has a really good chance to break out as the number one target in Detroit especially in half PPR. I think he's just going to gobble up targets. Uh, not sure if the touchdowns will be there, but I think he has a chance to vault up into the top three at tight end this year. And Andrew was able to just get five skill position players and then come back and get Hawkinson in round six, 
who I was taking in early around five in a lot of my mocks. So I thought that was a really good pick by Andrew. Yeah, Hawkinson in the six, excellent value, especially, also, like you said, how far he went after Andrews. So, Yeah, and he got him quite a few picks after I took Andrews, and he got him more than a full round after Josh took Kyle Pitts. So uh, yeah. I thought it was great value for Hawkinson. Hawkinson should definitely soak up targets in that offense. What that offense will be worth, that is yet to be determined. Um, I'm actually – Ooh, I'm going to go to a bit of a sleeper pick here with my third best pick of the draft. Um, ADP won't necessarily support this claim, but I thought Michael Pittman in round 11 by Will was a great pick. Um, Michael Pittman is a guy that has a chance to be a number one receiver on a team, and you can never discount that. Um, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are trending to play week one by the day they're practicing. It's looking like the timetable originally reported was just total BS. Um, and then obviously TY has been trending down for years now. So I think Pittman has a chance to lead that offense in yards and touchdowns and potentially work his way into a uh, receiver three, uh, role this season. So I had Michael Pittman as one of the best picks of the draft. Okay. Yeah. At first I wasn't on board with that. I'm just, for whatever reason, I'm not a Pittman guy, but I do agree that that late in the draft, he has a chance to be the number one there. So it's definitely a good shot to take. Um, I actually have a very similar one for my last best pick, Uh, late round wide receiver. Now there's a little bit of uh, revisionist history here with this one, but I'm going to give Luke a lot of credit for grabbing LaVisca Chenault in round nine. Um, I think that with the ETN injury, um, and I believe DJ Shark and Marvin Jones are both dealing with their own injuries. I, I really like LaVisca Chenault this year. I think that he could be a monster with Trevor Lawrence. You know Jacksonville's going to have to throw, and I just really like his talent. I think with ETN out, he's going to get a lot of run uh, – yards after the catch this year and I really think Chenault could end up being a really good player for Luke okay all right so enough of the best picks this is the blind squirrels we're supposed to be mean to each other uh let's move on to the some of the worst picks of the 2021 draft um all right I will kick us off here and I will go straight to the Maxwell here um I'm going to take the most obvious worst pick of the draft I mean, I could really go up and down Max's draft board and just close my eyes and point, and I'd probably get a worse pick of the draft. But I'm going to uh, land my finger here on round nine, Tevin Coleman. Uh, he took Tevin Coleman in the 80s when, according to Fantasy Pros, his ADP is at 172. So he almost reached 100 spots. <laughs> 100 spots to take a backup, according to reports, backup Jets running back. The offense is going to be terrible. He's terrible. I see no way that uh, Coleman is not on waivers by week three. So he, he just tossed a round nine pick in the garbage. Um, could have gotten him off waivers. So bad pick, Max. All right. Um, I also have a couple of Max's picks on my list, but um, let's well, not pick on Max. At the top of my list, I actually have. Travis Etienne, sorry, Will. Um, <laughs> but I, I won't go there either. 
Uh, instead, I am going to pick on Mr. Cole Walker. Um, I thought that Odell Beckham was one of the worst <laughs> picks of the draft. Um, so Cole took Odell Beckham in round seven after he already had three wide receivers, um, Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, and Brandon Ayuk. And he had yet to grab a quarterback or a tight end. And I understand that he had a couple guys that he liked late, like Gusecki and Stafford, who he ended up getting. But I think we all are just questioned on if Odell still has it and the volume with that passing game in Cleveland. So I'm not really sure why he reached for a fourth receiver for, with Odell Beckham, who has almost no upside and is probably going to get hurt in round seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I'm not defending an Odell pick, that it was really trash. So agree <laughs> with you on that. I will say that was like basically the last receiver Cole took, except for Nico Collins in round 16. So that is his fourth receiver, but in hindsight, yeah, I agree. He should have, he should have taken, he should have addressed quarterback and tight end a little earlier. Okay. Um, I have one for Cole, but I don't want to, I don't want to kick a man while he's down. So I'm going to move over to Will. Uh, round seven, Trey Sermon. Um, Trey Sermon is not a starting running back, and he took Trey Sermon over multiple starting running backs, including Raheem Mostert on the same team, Damian Harris, and Melvin Gordon, and now James Robinson, uh, and possibly Michael Carter. But you get the point. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't know Etienne was going to get hurt, but now looking at Will's team, he took so many running backs with Etienne, Thurman, and Javante Williams that aren't starters. So he's going to have to make a trade or piece together something to have a running back with volume. Um, cause we don't know what we, Trey Sermon could get five carries. Trey Sermon could get 20 carries week one. We really have no idea. Um, and I just thought he took, he took a chance on the upside of Sermon when it didn't fit his roster and a little too early in the draft for my liking. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I had Sermon on my list as well. Um, and I, I, like you said, we hate to kick a man while he's down, but I just, I have to, I have to highlight with my second bad pick here. Uh, Will taking Adam Troutman in round 12 <laughs> as his, not his only tight end, because he did grab Gerald Everett, but as his first tight end. And I do realize that Adam Troutman got hurt. And so uh, I'm pretty sure Will already dropped him. But uh, Adam Troutman, if you were paying attention at all in the preseason, was not running any routes. Apparently he was blocking a lot of his plays and there was really no indication that the early, um, early signals of him being a breakout were actually going to happen. And a lot of people had dropped him uh, on their boards. And I just don't understand why he's taking Troutman over a guy on like the waiver wire in, um, sorry, Robert Tunyon, who, should be yeah. a main focus. Onion, Goddard, Logan Thomas, any of those guys would have been better. Right. And I, I like Irv Smith as well. So I, I think there's like three or four tight ends that were much better than Troutman to begin with. And he shouldn't have waited that long to take a tight end at all. Yeah, I agree. I think his line came out of the water empty on that one. Um, all right. So for my last worst pick of the draft, 
I'm going to pick on Luke, who we have not discussed yet. Uh, we're going to round <laughs> six of Luke's draft. I didn't really like Luke's draft as a whole, but we'll get into that later. But round six, especially, bag of chips, Chase Edmonds. I know we joke about him being a bag of chips, but I actually don't like him like at all. Uh, and I think that he drafted him over guys like Gaskin, Harris, Mostert, Gordon. Again, guys that are going to be rushing volume monsters and to tour touchdowns um hate to flex my arizona arizona ship but here but uh i went to cardinals training camp and james connor was in on like over half the snaps edmonds didn't look great i just i chase edmonds has always been a bag of chips so always be a bag of chips and i definitely would not want him as my starting rv2 so I don't really know what Luke was thinking there. And I think even he would agree that that was a pretty devastating thing to have to settle for there in round six. Um, I actually, I agree with you where I did not like Luke's draft as a whole, um, but I did not mind the pick there with Edmonds just because at the end of the sixth, if you're getting a running back who should lead his team in touches and lead his team and passing game work from the running back position it's kind of hard to argue with that at the end of round six um but i agree it's not an ideal rb2 all right what is your final worst pick of the draft all right so we gave cannon a lot of love earlier but i want to bring him down <laughs> a couple notches with this one um miles sanders at the <laughs> beginning of round five was just a terrible pick to me i don't see it with Miles Sanders. I think he's all hype. I think that he sucked last year, and he was one of the worst graded running backs in all facets of the game, Other, especially pass catching, which is important for fantasy. Um, I think that they brought in Kenneth Gainwell. They're going to use Boston Scott. They brought back Jordan Howard, and Jalen Hurts is going to run as well. So I, I just do not see Miles Sanders being a reliable RB2 in fantasy. And I think Cannon just panicked and reached for any running back he knew the name of, but I think that was a terrible pick. All right. So that was our worst picks of the draft presented by Gatorade. Um, and now we're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite teams as a whole. We're just both going to pick one favorite and one least favorite team other than our own. And we're going to talk about their roster just for about 30 seconds or so. So, my favorite team and the ESPN final projected standings back me up here was actually Feel the Breeze, Cannon Kern at the 10 slot. I love the Tyreek Mahomes stack. Jonathan Taylor, or wait, is that? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor should be a monster this season. Kittle is a top three tight end. I thought he did well at receiver, grabbing Cooper Cup and Claypool and even Corey Davis, I thought was a solid value. And between Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, Philip Lindsay, he should be able to piece together some sort of RB2 production. And then if you're, if you're getting some sort of RB2 production there with Mahomes and Hill and Kittle, I mean, I don't see a way he doesn't make the playoffs. And then it's just about managing his roster after that. So I have Cannon as the number one uh, post-draft roster. All right. My number one roster is actually the Jew, Jeremiah Ojeda. Um, I, of course, he has four very solid running backs. Of course, he got a little lucky with James Robinson with the ETN injury, but that combo of Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, Mike Davis, and James Robinson, he has just a very solid core of starting running backs who will get a lot of touches. And then, of course, you have Travis Kelsey, 
the best tight end that gives him an every week advantage at that position. And then his receivers are very solid as well with Julio Jones, one of the best receivers of the last decade in the NFL, along with Robert Woods, who a lot of people really like with Stafford this year. And I, I know that I like um, to go along with the MVP of football last year, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, who could easily just say, screw the Packers. I'm going to throw for 50 touchdowns this year. So there's really yeah. not any holes in Jerry's roster. Um, I know we like to make fun of him for being a bit of a ranking slave, but I think he got a lot of value. <laughs> I really like his roster. All right. So Cannon for me, Jerry for Ty, my least favorite team post-draft uh, was Luke's. Um, it's hard to say you hate the roster with Christian McCaffrey, but I really do. Um, I just, I hate everything after the CD land pick. I'm not a Godwin guy. Josh Allen. Okay. Josh Allen was fine pick. His RB2 situation is a complete mess. I don't believe in Edmonds or Ronald Jones. I guess he can count on LaVisca or someone to break out. And then Higby is probably one of the worst starting tight ends in the league. I, I think the draft got away from Luke a little bit. He tried to be a little too cute with the trade-ups, and he, he wanted a Najee Harris or someone like that as an RB2. Didn't end up getting him, and now he kinda, he's kind of scrambling. He has, a little, he has way too many wide receivers. I mean, he's got nine wide receivers on his roster uh, so he's going to have to make some sort of a trade at some point. And I think he's already trying to orchestrate one. So uh, I have Luke as my 10th best roster coming out of the draft. My worst roster of the draft was Will. Um, <laughs> I, I, obviously, he has incredible wide receivers with Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Terry McLaurin. Like He has the best three wide receiver set in the league. But when you look at an already questionable running back one with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we really don't know what we're going to get from him this year, along with, obviously, this sucks with the ETN injury. But even before the ETN injury, his RB2 was going to be between three rookies with Travis ETN, Trey Sermon, and Javante Williams. There's really no guarantees with any of those guys. And with ETN out, he is really scrambling not to mention, like I mentioned earlier, his tight end after the draft was Adam Troutman. So, obviously, I like Lamar Jackson, and I like his receiving core, but I just cannot deal with that running back situation uh, or the tight end. Okay, so those were our favorite and least favorite rosters uh, going into the 2021 season. Uh, do you have your team rankings ready by chance? I don't have rankings. I thought we were doing draft I grades. Have, I have grades as well. I'm gonna, we're going to quickly run through these because we're kind of pressed up on time here. Um, all right. So I gave myself an A+. Plus, uh, Cannon, an wait, A. Do we, here, wait. Let's, let's go each team and we can just say okay, what we gave. Okay. I gave myself an A. All right. I gave you a B-. minus. Okay. Cannon, A. I gave Cannon an A. I gave you an A minus. I gave myself an A plus. <laughs> okay, I gave Cole a B minus. A minus. Josh C plus. Uh, B plus. Jerry C. I gave Jerry an A. Okay, Max C minus. I actually gave Max a B. Okay. Will C minus uh, C plus for Will Andrew. I gave a D plus. You said a D plus D plus. I gave Andrew an A. 
Mike Evans as a receiver one just makes me want to puke, and I don't like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and then I gave Luke a D. I gave Luke a D plus. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I think I think it's going to be an interesting year. I don't. I mean, obviously, coming out of the draft, it's a snake draft. Most teams are going to be pretty equal. Um, I think the draft went well. Uh, although there have been some sarcastic or maybe non-sarcastic calls for a redraft. Um, but this has been your draft recap episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening and thank you in advance for following along this year with me and Trey, the showtime boys, uh, are going to be bringing it to you all season long next week. We're going to do our full season preview along with playoff predictions and Sacco predictions. Trey, do you have any closing remarks for this week's episode? Any final thoughts on the draft? Nope. Just want to thank everyone for tuning in and uh, hopefully it's going to be a fun season. All right. Well, thank you guys again and we will see you guys next week. Showtime. Showtime.